So today again, here is the Modern Savvy CPA. Um, Sharon coming to you with some um, additional tax tips since it's the first quarter of the year and we're all thinking about tax and it's full-fledged tax season. So we're kind of winding down tax season for 2023 tax season. And um, I just want to give you um, some tips on tax planning strategies that you should be looking at all through the year. Um, so my first set of um, tax planning strategies is for small businesses. So, you know, tax planning involves different strategies. To understand the different options available to you, you have it's important for you to understand what tax planning is called. You know, so we have a few different strategies that I'd like to go over with you um, when it comes to a small business. Remember, when you have a business, you should be looking at your books all year round. You should be looking at it, uh, glancing at it every month, um, and definitely reviewing it every quarter. You should have an overall understanding on how to read your financial statements and your financial statements is what is used to do your tax return. So they go hand in hand. Um, so the first uh, strategy I'd like to talk to you about is deferred income. Now, this strategy involves moving income to a later year if you can. It is not as flexible as other other stuff, but most small business because most small business operate on a cash base, meaning that when they get paid um, their income, when it's received, that is when it's reported for taxes. Example, meaning if a taxpayer um, if a taxpayer sends out a bill and their cash basis, they pay tax on the customer when the customer pays that bill. So, you know, conversely, if you're an accrual taxpayer, uh, pays the ta you pay the tax when the bill is generated and sent to the customer. So deferred income is involved in structuring the agreement um, on that payment and when you receive it at a later date. The IRS requires that you pay tax on income that is construed receive. So if it's construed received, that's, that's something that you need to decide um, in order for you to know when you're paying taxes. The IRS does not allow you to simply deposit checks until January, even though you received it in December. The payments include, is included in the income of the year that is received, not the year that is deposited. Taxpayers have gotten into a lot of trouble for thinking that they can just wait to deposit their checks and not a, and, and be able to wait to include that in income for the next year. So that's something you definitely would like to talk to your tax professional or a qualified CPA or EA on. So the next um, strategy I'd like to talk to you about is accelerated de deduction. For this you need to understand what your tax bracket is and how it works. Many people ask me this question. Will this income put me in a higher bracket or this income bring me in a lower bracket? So they are trying to understand how the system works, but they don't necessarily understand it. So let's talk about how the system works. So some people believe incorrectly that if you move into a higher bracket that all of your income is being taxed at the higher rate. That is not true. This is not the case. The tax bracket tax brackets work 
in such a case where um, the amount of income over that bracket is taxed at a higher rate. So we have several different brackets within the United States, but it's not all taxed. If you're in, let's say the 20% bracket, then you're, all of your income is being taxed at the 20% bracket. We work on a marginal system. So let's give you an example. If your tax bracket starts at $100,000 and your income is $110,000, only the $10,000 over your bracket is taxed at the higher rate. The $100,000 is taxed marginally at the lower rates that you were in previously. Sometimes if a client has adequate cash, it makes sense to pay for expenses in advance. So, you know, when it, they normally would be if they're cash basis. So perhaps you can stock up on supplies in, in this situation or in late December instead of early December, instead of early uh, January. So planning when you're going to load up on what you're, um, you're going to need for the year and things like that is sometimes important for you to look at to save some um, tax for the current year uh, to reduce your taxable income for, for that current year. So by getting this deduction in the current year, you, you instead of waiting for the next year, you bet you're benefited from the deduction sooner. You're not benefited from the deduction twice. You're just benefiting from the deduction sooner. So understanding what bracket you are in this year, um, your potential bracket next year is important to when you want to benefit from the deduction. So that requires some planning. This is where the word tax planning comes in. So December, um, December expenses is beneficial by redu to reduce your tax rate for the following April, the amount tax due for the following year, whereas expenses in January does not get the benefit of the deduction until the next April, uh, you know, for the upcoming year, for the previous year. So that's how you would need to look at it. It is important for you to it's, it's important for you to understand that this is a, you know, this is, this is something that you need to look at um, as a sooner and later type of situation. So you need to understand where your brackets are, where your income for your business are, you know, if it's higher one year, if it's going to be lower the next year. So you need to be thinking about that and planning with your tax advisor um, on how you should be allocating certain expenses and when, when you should be, you know, stocking up on certain things that you're going to need for the future. It, you know, don't get, it's important not to get carried away on this strategy. Taxpayers only want to buy things that they need. And I stress this. I have lots of clients that come to me. I'm good at spending money. What do I need to spend in December so I can save on taxes? Well, I want you to spend the money that you on things that you will need, the things that you think that you're going to need. It's not about spending money just to spend money, because if you're spending a hundred dollars, if you spend one dollar or a hundred dollars, if you're spending a hundred dollars just to save thirty five dollars on something that you you don't need, you're still losing sixty five dollars out of there because you didn't need that thing. So it's important that you spend your money on things that you need. Do not spend money just because you want to pay less taxes. 
Spend money on things that you need. Just strategize when you're spending that money in order for you. That's the tax planning part of this. Again, I stress, do not spend money that you don't need to spend to save 35 cents out of the dollar because you're spending a dollar. So if, you're, if you don't need that something, you're losing 65 cents out of that dollar. So you don't want to do that. So sometimes a taxpayer will come and tell me that. I said, if that's the way you want to do it, give me the $100 and I will pay the 35 cents, $35 tax on it. And I'll keep the 65 Dollars, Because I'd rather have $65 in my pocket than some junk that I don't need. That's how I look at it. That's so sometimes it's, you know, you need to reassess the way you think about how you're spending money for your business. And just to reduce your tax liability is not a good enough reason to spend money. You have to need something and strategize on when you want to spend the money. The other things that we need to look at in tax planning is retirement contributions. Now, I think this is the biggest, most important tax planning strategy for someone who have a small business. There are several options in retirement planning for small businesses. There's SEP IRAs, there's simple IRAs, there's 401ks, and it goes on and on with the different options that you can have for retirement. This is a way to if you're um, a, if you're the only employer for your business, then you have employee for your business, then you have several options to be thinking about where you can put money in your pocket. Probably a hundred percent of that retirement contribution is going to you, but it's deductible on the business side as a business deduction. So that's something that you. This is one of the most best kept secret when it comes to tax planning. And it, if you have a qualified tax advisor, a qualified CPA that's working with you, this is something that you talk to them about. This is something they talk to you about. You need to be communicating about tax planning is about communication with your professional, with your CPA or your tax or your um, tax preparer or your EA. Tax planning is part of that part of owning a small business. Business planning is part of owning a small business. So if you're not planning, you're leaving a lot of things on the table. So going back to retirement, there's so much flexibility with plans that allows you to contribute after year end. For example, in a SEP IRA, you can contribute up to the extended deadline of your company's tax return for the preceding year. So it's there's still time to do that for the preceding year. For example, we're in 2023, but you, if you have had a SEP opened already in 2022, you still have time to maximize your contribution for that. Of course, you need to talk to your tax planner. A good CPA will be able to navigate through all of these issues and help you choose the right plan for you. The next thing we need to talk about is equipment. So we've had this thing called bonus depreciation for a while now um, with the job and tax, the tax cut and job act of 2017, we've had preferential bonus depreciation where you can deduct hundred percent of your bonus depreciation um, up to for your equipment up to December 31st, 2022. So for 2022, that law was still in effect, but in the upcoming year, 2023, 
for 2025 and we keep going, it's it's going down. It starts, it's going to be at 80% for 23. It's going to be 60% for 24, 40% for 25 and so on and so on. So, you know, one of the things that you want to look at is companies look at what large purchases or fixed assets you need to purchase. Now, a fixed asset is not an expense. It's a purchase, but it needs to go on your books and be depreciated over a certain amount of time. So it's not a direct expense, but with the preferential bonus depreciation that we were allowed um, 2022 prior, to 2017, we were able to depreciate, accelerate the depreciation to 100% on certain items up to the 100% and be able to expense all of that depreciation in one year while still having that asset on our books. So that was preferential. So we, now we're, we're moving away from that and we're moving down to the 80, 60, 40 from 23, 24, 25. So alternative to bonus depreciation, there is a second kind of depreciation that will help you, and that is Section 179. So Section 179 has always been around. The rules are a little different from bonus, um, so you would definitely have to talk to your tax preparer as to what the parameters are, your CPA, and what the parameters are for you to do Section 179 on certain equipment cars, vehicles, you know, fixed assets. So depreciation is, is works on fixed assets. Fixed asset could be equipment. It could be real property. It could be different things, but accelerated depreciation section 179 works on certain equipment on certain things. Also, there's something called cost segregation. It also works with that. That's a whole different couple of series of videos, which we can go into at a later time. But Section 179 has limits, and you are still able to use full deduction for Section 179. So, for example, if you pay, placed in service on equipment um, in 2022 for $1.1 million, you would be able to take the Section 129 um, up to $1,080,000. 80, Second, there's overall placed in service caps by using Section 179. So during 2022, it was $2.7 million for qualified property that's allowed on a dollar-to-dollar -dollar basis, meaning if you placed in service something for uh, $3.7 million in 2022, you will not be eligible for Section 179 because you're above the limit. So depending on the size of your business and the threshold that you can meet for a tax year, starting tax year 2023, that, that can cause your company to be unable to deduct um, fixed assets that's placed in service throughout a year, it's, it's, it's important that you um, look at your taxable income for the year. You know, one of the, one of the last caveats of Section 179, unlike bonus, it, bonus depreciation is the deduction is limited to taxable income. So, you know, without consideration of the deduction. So if you're at a loss before you make the Section 179 deduction, it is limited to what your deduction is for 
up to it, it is limited to your taxable income before the deduction. So please remember that. So this means that Section 179 cannot cause a loss in your company. So you alternative to bonus, you know, you're you're limited to and you'll be able to dis, you would be disallowing at that this it will be disallowed at that point. So, of course, like I said, you should consult your tax advisor when deciding what form of depreciation you want to do for your fixed assets. It's something that they need to look at. It's not as simple as I'm going to take the most. I'm going to take the most accelerated depreciation. You need to look at what your year is and what your planning years are. You know, what are you, what are you looking at spending or what are you looking at um profits that you're going to be making or revenues that you're going to be making in the post-seeding year, not just the preceding year, because you need to make sure you understand, is it beneficial to take 79, 179 now or bonus now, or is it beneficial for me to move on and depreciate as I go along? Because you have to remember, it's accelerated depreciation. If you take it now, you don't get the, the, the opportunity to take it later. So for example, if you have a loan out on, on one of these equipment and you take all of the depreciation as accelerated depreciation in one year, whether it's 179 or bonus or most of the depreciation, you will still have that loan on the books that you're laying cash out for, but you've already taken the deduction for in, in other years. So for example, if you have a five year loan on equipment and you, um, you've taken $100,000 of the depreciation already, you still have that $100,000 loan on the books that you're gonna be paying for the next five years without the benefit of that deduction because you took all that deduction already as accelerated depreciation. So it is not a magic, it is a strategy. So it's something that you need to understand when, how. It's not very simple, oh, I take it all now and, and, and I'll deal with it later. You need to understand where you're at. If you're having a big year, then it might be beneficial for you to take it all now because that will lower your taxable income. If your years are all very consistent and all the same, then you might not want to do that. You might want to just take your depreciation within the life of the asset, which will help you within the, the life of the asset with your taxable income. So that's something you need to seek advice from. You need to plan with your tax advisor. You need to work on those strategies. So, you know, because it could be a cash flow problem, you know, depending on what you're thinking. So, so, you know, you just need to understand that this is not avoiding tax. This is this is about the strategy of taking it now or take it later. So you don't get to take it twice. So that's something that you need to be, you know, you need to be aware of and you need to look at that and definitely talk to your tax advisor about that. So the next thing we need to talk about for small businesses, shifting expenses. This is the final strategy that we're going to talk about here, um, which involves deducting expenses that might might already be pay, paying for on on and you haven't deducted. So let's think about these things that you might have paid for that you haven't deducted. So one of the things that first come to mind is health insurance. All small businesses pay for health insurance. All small business owners pay for their own health insurance unless they have a husband that works for a company or a wife that works for a company and they get their insurance for that. Most of them pay pays that. This deduction is deductible on their on on your books, um, but you also have to work that in as 
you know, if you're providing it to your employees or where it is, you're, you also have the benefit of having, um, a, above the line deduction for your health insurance. So you definitely need to want to talk to your CPA and find out who should be paying your, your health insurance. Where is it the most beneficial for you to be deducting your health insurance? Is it something that's on your books or is it something that you pay for privately and you deduct, um, you know, it's on your W-2 or is it something that you pay for privately and you deduct it there? So you just need to understand that. So understanding each of these strategies and knowing when to utilize them will ensure that you're taking advantage of all of the tax codes or most of the tax codes and helping you to understand um, your business strategy. So it's definitely important for you to work with the right person that is going to talk to you about these things. And you guys sit and you decide because they are not going to be able to do everything for you. If you're not talking to them or you're not coming and communicating with your tax advisor, with your qualified CPA that is working with you on tax planning, then you might need a new one or you might need to start forming a better relationship with that person. So this is the Modern Savvy CPA, and this is my section on small business tax planning strategies.